The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. And now for something completely different. Hey, I was, I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm in three Halls of Fame. For the young fans, they don't give a damn. They just give a damn about themselves and what they're hearing now. And I got no problem with those rules. I know the rules going in. I'm happy to play the game that way. And when Ivan came off with that uh, knee drop from the top rope and he bent me, I thought that something happened. I couldn't hear a thing. You could have heard the pin drop in that arena. It touched me so deeply that when I went in the dressing room, I really felt depressed. I'll tell you that, I'll tell you right to his face. If it's Hogan and I, if he wanted to get in a real street fight with me, trust me, he would lose, and he knew it. You know, that's the other thing. They give you the belt, and they're like, okay, you're in charge of me. I was like, what? When you mentioned a guy like Harley Race, that kind of legendary status, it's obvious why people would get upset. Or as I'm concerned, Roddy Piper was not a wrestler. He wasn't even a good worker. If he had to go out and work his way to the top and not have good friends like Jim Barnett. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not a good guy. He's just not a tough guy. Bro, I swear to you, I don't have an ego. Like, I don't give a crap. I, that stuff is not important to me. People don't know me. They have no idea of who I am. They know of me as being a fictional character that they saw on TV. People didn't understand that, you know, the guy they saw in the ring that happened to be using his real name and happened to actually be the president of the company, they really believed that that guy that they loved to hate was actually a pretty decent guy. And I think many people have the perception that I really was that character. Welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. I'm your host, JP John Paz. With me today is a very special guest. She is a former pro wrestler, stunt woman, actress. She's done it all. She's been in TNA, WWE, OVW, ECW, Miss Action Trinity. Stephanie, how are you doing today? How's everything going? Great. How are you? Doing very good. And we have Tony as well from uh, your special NFT line. Okay, Boomer. And we're going to learn more about that. Tony, how you doing? doing great how are you doing very good i guess first and foremost stephanie trinity what have you been up to what's going on in your world oh just kind of you know chilling after all this and getting back on track you know we were shut down with everything so just kind of slowly get back to the groove of things but doing life thank god <laughs> yes getting back to normal a little bit right hopefully yeah. uh you know Kind of halfway there, yeah. Yeah, you know what you got to do, and then we it gets into a whole other topic of yep. conversation. But yeah, so what? So what's going on with this NFT? You know, crypto tokens are very big now, and NFTs are huge. So, kind of explain that. What's going on, and you know, how are you involved? Well, I'm very new to this, so I'm really not the one that would be the greatest person to be explaining this. But um, my friend uh, Ben came along and asked me if I wanted to get into this. And I'm still very new, so I don't fully understand everything that's going on with it. But they spoke to me about the NFT and, you know, joining and, you know, getting involved. And I said, I'll try it. And so I hope that someone else is here to talk about that. Because that would be Tony. Yes, Tony is the is the man for the job. Tony, talk to us about the NFTs, what's going on, and you know how to get it, everything like that, all the details. All right. Well, the uh, the OK Boomer project um, launched in July. Uh, we launched a token on the Binance Smart Chain. Uh, we've been doing pretty pretty well um, as far as cryptocurrencies go. Um, but the newest trend that's going in the crypto space um, is NFTs, non fungible tokens. Um, so we wanted to get our foot in the door and try to get some NFTs going. And we reeled our, our, our minds a little bit and wanted to do things a little bit differently. So we came up with an NFT experience. Not only will you have the NFT that'll be, you know, forever in the blockchain, it's assigned to your wallet, uh, but you will also get some type of a real life experience. So we've been reaching out to um, a lot of different celebrities and former pro athletes to try to get them on board. Um, Trinity, um, of course, jumped on board. Uh, Peter Miller is on board, uh, as well as a bunch of others. Um, we, we minted these NFTs on OpenSea, which is the largest NFT platform and um, by users uh, currently. 
And so you can go there right now. The, the auctions are live. You can place a bid and the winner of those auctions will, will get an NFT experience. Nice. So what is an NFT though? Really? In, in, in general, just to explain it to like, to me and even the, the layperson, the layman. All right. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. So, um, when you're, when you're dealing with tokens, um, like let's say, you know, you were dealing with Bitcoin or Ethereum, one Bitcoin is just like every other Bitcoin. It's, it's, you know, it's worth the same amount. They're completely interchangeable. Um, NFTs, non-fungible tokens is a one of one token. So this one token is completely different and unlike any other token, it can't, it can't be swapped interchangeably. And that's what makes it non-fungible. You know, uh, you know, the, the dollar is fungible as well. If you have a dollar and I, I give you four quarters, like that's it's the equal value. But with the NFTs, you don't have that. It's a, each one is completely unique and special, um, and there it's it's on the blockchain. So not only does it exist like you know in the cloud on the internet, like you know like all the other images, you know there's billions and billions of JPEGs and PNGs out there. But this would be a one of one special token that is attached to some kind of a digital media it can be uh, a picture a song a video uh, you know pretty much any kind of digital information it could it could be a spreadsheet for for that matter it could, you know it could be be anything you can tokenize it and you have proof of ownership on the blockchain of who owns that token because it'll be in their wallet and only they will have control over it so it's pretty rare i mean like rarest of the rare it's one of one correct Yes, you have that a lot. And then, um, the, the NFT space has just been exploding as of late. There's a, a bunch of series that have been coming out of like different animals. And then like, you know, there's a, a thousand, you know, giraffes and each one has a different hat and people are going crazy over, you know, I want the Santa hat so that, you know, they bid, bid it up so that way they can get it. Next thing you know, you have NFTs that are going for thousands and you know hundreds of thousands of dollars. There was actually um, a, a famous artist named Beeple that uh, sold uh, um, one of his NFT tokenized works of art uh, from, I forget the exact bottom line figure, but it was over a million. It was, so there's a, there's a lot of Whoa. volume in this space right now. Whoa, that's crazy. Well, I should be like going and, and trying to bid on my own. I should want my own token. <laughs> Someone else is yeah. my one of a kind token. <laughs> yeah, if it's that rare, you gotta get it, Stephanie. <laughs> especially if it's that rare you got to make sure you get a piece of that yeah oh my god wow that's, that's awesome though what do you know what the image looks like or do you know what it's going to be trinity yes they showed me it's awesome they did it so i can't i can't take any credit <laughs> except that it's me but uh it's uh, kind of like uh one of the wrestling pictures but they very unique that they made up so it's awesome i love it that's i want only with this space though is it like a popular with wrestling and stuff because it seems like it's breaking into the wrestling world too because i saw wb is doing something with undertaker or something right, john yeah. cena or something it seems like it's breaking through so it seems uh you know a few months ago it was just just images you know just original little drawings that people were doing uh, and then uh a couple other big name endorsement people signed signed deals with some nft things and started putting out some uh, commercialized NFTs, and it's just been gaining traction. The the more successful, or with the success of each one of these projects, the next one just seems to gain even more traction. And so, when we were looking at getting into the NFT world, we wanted to do something that's a little different, you know. And how do you differentiate yourself when there's a million projects out there, and each one of them is trying to differentiate themselves? So we decided to do this experience thing. So that way it's more like an augmented reality type NFT. Because not only are you are you getting the digital asset, but you also get to experience something that nobody else gets to experience. And that's different than anybody. I don't I don't know any any other projects out there that are doing that, especially doing that with the 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 level of of clientele that we have. Now Trinity what do you think about this space and this? Because we were even talking off air a little bit about like Zoom. This is new to us and yeah. StreamYard and, and these Google Meet things. And what do you think about like this new technology and everything seems to be changing? I know. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing that they figure out how to do it. And, you know, 
they are become very successful. I, I I'm so glad to be a part of it. I definitely have to learn more about it, but I'm very excited to be a part of it with them and and see where it goes and you know what else we could do with it. And the experience is exciting, so I'm glad to have you know joined with them and partnered and uh, to try it out. So. Good luck. I hope they get successful with it, and I hope I do. And I want one now. They got you. Yeah. Yeah, so excited about it. I gotta go bid and get one, or I don't know what's next. How I get one, or what we do next. But I'll be finding out with them. Oh it's well, very I mean, if, if it's uh, your prerogative to get an OK Boomer branded NFT um, in in conjunction with the release of the OK Boomer Champion series, yesterday we also released an OK Boomer Boy series as well so if you go to OpenSea and type in okay boomer you will also see those there is um, a gold silver and, and bronze version available of the, the little boomer boy which is our logo um, and there will be a future series involving him as well i hope that's not giving out too much so stephanie how did you get involved to begin with like how do you know ben and how did you get in with uh, okay boomer Okay, it's funny how I know Ben. I know Ben through geocaching. <laughs> I don't know. Did he tell you that we're geocachers, crazy geocachers? But uh, and then through through them, is that like scavenger hunts and stuff? Yeah, that's like okay. my big crazy hobby that I love. But <laughs> Tony, are you into that at all? That's just Ben. Um, that's actually how I met Ben. Is through <laughs> geocaching. Um, okay, yeah, I've been really? geocaching for several years now. Awesome! Oh, yeah, my favorite thing. So I. What is I, that? What is? Can explain that. What is that? It that is kind of like a digital uh, scavenger hunt. It's a GPS. You know, it's, you use your phone, a GPS to find, you know, things hidden all over the world. It's like there. I always feel like I'm a spokesperson, but I think there's like six million people playing, or six million hidden, and three million people playing. I mean, it's like it's huge. It's a it's an app on your phone and. And anywhere you go, you could geocache. So, like, you know, it's not, you know, you could just be traveling all over the world and there's geocaches. And they mostly bring you to awesome places, but they're just hidden everywhere, too. So, like, if you're hiking, they're out in the woods where you're hiking, where you're biking, you know, even on the water where you're kind I go on my boat and find them on islands and stuff. And everywhere I travel, I get to geocache. It's just something cool. So it brings, you know, I hike and bike and do everything. And geocaching then just became, like, an extra added fun thing to do like you know all the trails that you're on and then now you're finding stuff and it br it brings you all around the world like it brought me all around long island which i would have never even been around long island if it wasn't for geocaching like the north shore all the way out east and play and like i said it brings you to places you would never know like me like long island has so many awesome parks and sanctuaries and estuaries and reserves and such cool things and, you know, if you want to go away and you think you want to go on a tour, you can pretty much go on a geo tour and find all the coolest places and find geocache. I mean, it's for like all ages, too, because you're not finding, you know, we always say treasures, but it's just, you know, there's nothing that green. It's not like money or sometimes there is money in them, but the first person to find it will take that. So it's not going to be there all the time. But it's just fun. It's just an added fun. And you, you see, you know, you could do it anytime, anywhere, forever. So it's awesome. It's like a digital scavenger hunt, basically. Yeah, it's like when um when GPS like first came when they you know switched the switches and I think in two thousand when GPS came about and they wanted to see how accurate it was and someone hit something and people like went to find it and then it you know it's it came from there. So it's like if you were putting an address to a house or a location, it's the same thing. You find all these dots all over the map, you click on them and they bring you to it and and then you find something. Let's find it. Yeah, so typically it'll be like a, a small Tupperware container or something, like hidden in a tree stump. So like you'll you know you just put in your GPS coordinates, yeah. and when you get to the area where it's supposed to be, you start looking for the container. And once you find the container, it always contains a logbook, so you can sign in and you can get your point. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So how many geocaches do you have? I am working on five thousand. I'm like, well, I'm I'm Ooh. like four. 4,800, but I hope to get that by the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, nice. I wish I'm at 10,000. I slacked off for a little while. But uh, yeah, I'm, totally I, I'm, I'm a, like insane geocaching fan. Love it. We always joke that we, we use multi million dollar satellites to find Tupperware in the woods. 
Yeah, tumbleweed. You know, it's ammo cans, but and it's even crazy because even you know those are fun because they're big in the woods and there's like there's a lot of trinkets in it, and junk and stuff, and you sign in and you can trade stuff and you know then there's these things called travel bugs that move around. I mean, there's so many levels to this game, but. Even like the small ones that people complain about, these little, they have these tiny little ones that are in signs that it's like if you, or like in light posts, you lift up the skirt, like that to me, like people hate those. But to me, that was like the most amazing thing when I, so like, they're just everywhere. You can be in a mall parking lot and you're like, there's something hidden around here. And I bet there's just, a cache within a mile of where you are right now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like anyone and I always say, I'm like, just download the app and look. And that's what like when I first heard about it, I just like download the app. And there was one right close by. And I went like trekking through the woods and found I couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh, my God. So it's like it's exciting. I mean, obviously, some people think, you know, it's like, OK, what is that? But it, it's very it's just exciting. If you like to be out in nature and out and about and if you're already doing things like i said i went to aruba and there's geocache room i went to Hawaii, there's geocache all over Hawaii, and they're always at like the cool spots so it's just like that added thing and i love like challenging things like finding stuff and then when you find it even though they're like well what is it i'm like it doesn't matter what it is it's exciting and there is stuff in it and it is cool and you just it's it's fun i love it even just signing in and then you i like getting like having a lot and then i like filling in my map like right now i get bought an rv and i want to travel all over the united states and obviously see all the states and what they have to offer but i want to geocache in every state <laughs> that's what i really want to do it's like a hidden oh. world within a world is yes cool. yeah. and it really is because there's like i said there's so many layers to it you know because there's all different kinds of caches and then there's events so i mean it's so many layers to this game that make it so much fun for like everyone like you could go to an event and be social community you could clean up they have like clean up events where you you know clean up parks you know we're very good for the you know the nature geocaches we like to clean up and keep nature going and safe and great and then they have big mega events and you know and then there's uh for people that are even want more challenges there's mystery caches that are like you have to solve puzzles before you get them there's so many or you can just go and find one or you have to like do a puzzle to get one. I mean, that's so, like I said, so many different aspects to it that make it challenging. That's one of the reasons I love it is because if you just want to find one geocache and be done, you can do that. Or if you want to spend all weekend and, you know, find two or three hundred and become consumed with a hobby that can can kill some time, you can do that. <laughs> Yeah, like I said, you can do any part of it because if you're somebody that, even if you don't want to find anything, they have these things called adventure labs where you go and you just show up to the location. And then there's they usually tell you, read something and answer a question. So you don't even have to always find something. They have virtual caches. They have earth caches that you just show up and it's like a cool place, a cool thing in the earth. Like you have to like look at and figure out and you know, like say it was like you were showing up at a volcano, you know, there's nothing to find there, but they would be like, oh, well, is there lava? What's, well, you know, what's going on? They ask you geological questions and scientific things. And so it's something fun for every age, every um, level. If you want challenges, you will like puzzles, you just like finding stuff, you like going out in each. And I love it that mo a lot of people that would never be out in nature get out and go around and for start sure. doing stuff. Yeah. Instead Most of just, definitely. you know. So it's almost like for like three years probably and i started to record all of my adventures and put them on youtube so like there's a little show that i have on youtube if you want to check that out um but i'm on my uh i'm on my geocaching group on facebook and i run into a guy saying you know hey all you geocachers you guys are really smart with all these puzzles and stuff does does anybody work in cryptocurrency uh, does anybody have any idea how to like code your own cryptocurrency because I have a great idea. So I, I raised my hand like I, wow. I actually do know how to write in Solidity a little bit. I mean, I'm not the best programmer, but I've been I've been studying a little bit. We can learn this together. And so we um, we ended up connecting through that several phone calls later and um, several meetings later. We launched OK Boomer. That's so cool. See, there you that. go. All from geocaching. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So many opportunities. I've gotten so many opportunities just from geocaching, meeting people. Even like when I'm on the movie set, there's geocaching stuff hidden there. And, uh, it's, That's amazing. It's, it's, yeah, it's everywhere. 
Are you I'm, still I'm, doing stunt do work and stuff? Are you still in in the in that world? I, I still am, but it's uh, you know it's a very difficult um, place to navigate right now. You know, <laughs> which mm. is always hard because then it's getting into you know all the the politics that is going on right now. So I I never it like seems like it was hard before the pandemic. Oh my God. It was always so hard. It was such a hard industry to be in. So like navigating it through what's going on now is, and I feel like some work is a, is a stressful job. You know, it's like very complex and I'm like, I, you know, this added stress to it is like very, I'm, I'm shocked that, but I think they're going on strike right now. I don't even know real, like I try to pay attention to my unions, but like I said, most of the time we're on these zoom calls and everybody's a little bit, you know, fighting over a lot of things. But I, I think that they're, you know, because again, with you know, with what's going on in the world with you know, mandatory stuff and you know how they're, you know, I don't, I don't even like to say the words, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. So you're, that's you're becoming, what you're throwing down. Yeah, so that's becoming an issue in in this line of work too, and you know, so it's it's a very complex thing to navigate through because of everybody's different issues and feelings on it and, and then how it's going about. So, so yeah, I'm doing, I'm hobnob I'm doing different things, but nothing like, nothing like before the pandemic. So, you know, I'm just, uh, staying low key and, and, you know, learning and seeing where everything's going and what's going on with everything. And, you know, I like, I do a lot of different projects that are a little outside the loop. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't want to deal with all that, but you know, we're, you know, I, ha I have to stay involved and see everything that's going on. I should have just, I, I should go back to wrestling and I should have started wrestling. Yeah. Wrestling was so funny because through all of that, they, be, they were essential, <laughs> which is awesome. You know, yep. Vince McMahon has a lot of connections, obviously, and they were essential and they never stopped working in there. still, and I don't even know like what they're, you know, they're not the same thing as the entertainment industry, as far as our unions. So I don't really know what what's go. I'm a little out of the loop with that, so I don't really know what they're doing. So it would be interesting to find out and maybe contemplate going back there. Yeah, oh, really. I'm yeah. Always wow. ring ready. I am always ring ready. I am always moonsault ready off the top of the cage, no problem. Oh, I'd yes. love to see that. Oh, yeah, I would love to do it again. I do definitely miss it. Do you you get the itch to get back in the ring oh, and wrestle? All the time, all the time, and if I can't even watch a video, I can't even really watch the show because if I watch the show, I'm on the edge of my seat, ready to like fighting in my couch or by myself. But uh, <laughs> and if I watch any of my old videos, I get so amped up and I'm ready. Oh, I love my videos. I'm surprised they haven't reached out. You know, even though they were still wrestling through the pandemic, mm -hmm. there was and I don't even know where they were doing it, and how they were doing it. Well, I, I did talk to like TNA like a little bit after my last, which my last in-ring appearance was 2013. So we are talking a long time. But I did speak to them on a few a few times, but they were going through a lot of changes at the time. So, you know, they were moving out of Florida. They were getting on the road. So they were very up in the air. And I, I think even... Even that company, even though they're very awesome, it's very up there. Now I don't even know what AEW is. I, I watch it sometimes, but I don't know who's running it. Where is it? I, I, I'm, I'm like, who? where are these shows and who's in charge of it? And I probably think, what? I keep saying Ring of Honor. Well, I'm Ring of Honor. Every, everywhere. I haven't actually watched any of their shows. Are they on TV? Because Ring of Honor is always a... Uh, um, I, wor I worked on Ring of Honor. That was like it's one of the best indies. I don't know now. Is it on TV? Because yeah, Sinclair Broadcasting with no crowd. Okay. Yeah, they, they haven't done many shows with a crowd. Yeah, it's interesting. But they're owned by Sinclair Broadcasting Company, so whatever their affiliates are, they're on all their like syndicated okay. shows. Yeah, basically, I don't know what Sinclair TV is. So like, if that's like one station or somewhere. Well, but Ring of Honor was always it was an independent. But it was one of like the top independent wrestling yep. shows that. So yeah, the clip I saw wasn't bad. Yeah, no, they were awesome. Actually, like I did a few. I worked for them because everybody that when I first started, they were like, "You got to work here because WWE looks at them and takes talent from them." So you know, because they're all these, they have independent wrestling all over the world. That's just not on TV. Like, but there's tons of venues all over, and there's some really good ones and some really bad ones. And when you first start, you like all these 
people are working on those before they could get a shot, you know, on TV. And I went around with my the group of guys that I was uh, training with, and I was always so Ring of Honor is definitely a big one. And then from there, we got uh, an audition out on another. Um, I don't know the name of the venue, but it was out in Atlanta, Georgia, which got us onto TNA. Bill Barron's ran it, and then we got on TNA, and then eventually WWE. But that's the trick. Wild side. Oh yeah, yes. Thank you. Very good. Yeah, Billy Barron. <laughs> yeah, Bill it's Barron. funny like how close he was to TNA, and I guess he worked for TNA. But yeah. so that's how you got in TNA. They saw you in a tryout. They wanted to bring you in. Well, yeah, there was a couple of guys that already worked for TNA, the Amazing Red and the SATs, and I trained with those guys. So Chris Devine and um, uh, Divine Storm, they were um, they were trying to get on the show because all their other guys they trained were on the show. So we went, drove all the way out to Atlanta, Georgia, and we did uh, – and I just, like, went along for the ride because I wasn't really invited. Or, and I'm like, let me come. I want to go. And I went. I just valeted them. I did, like, a move or two. And, and then we they were trying to get onto TNA, so they invited the three of us, and we did a dark match, and then we got on the show, and then they split up our team and – and then I signed and, and they were there for a little while too. And the other guys were there for a while too. And uh, amazing red, I think still, well, no, he might not be anymore because I think he got hurt, but, but I think he went on to WWE for a little while. And he still rests on a little bit. Uh, Master P <laughs> so, uh, oh, has- house of glory. And he's got yeah. a part of that too. Yes. Yep. Yes. Which yeah. It's interesting. Like, Master P. Oh, so. It's like, you catch There's so many, <laughs> Like venues to wrestling that you don't know. There's the Underworld, and there's the Independence, and then there's the TVs, and and then the big show. What did you think about TNA when you first got there? Like when they put you with Kid Cash, and then you know you got Siaki and Desire. What did you think about like when you first got there? You're like, this is just a good space to be, or were you thinking this is going to help you maybe get a, a bigger opportunity? Well, when I first got there, I mean, all I knew of was WWE. So, you know, when I was wrestling on the independence and promoting myself, I was trying to get to WWE. I didn't even know about TNA until I met those guys. So when I got there, I thought, this is just as great. I I thought it was awesome because they gave me such an awesome shot. We were on TV. I mean, it was a great show. And I had so many great opportunities. I love be there I, I wanted it was so bittersweet to like make a choice when ww did ask me because i'm like i loved it there i didn't even want, i didn't want to leave and i loved the work that i did there and i loved the opportunities they promoted me so awesome they gave me so many great opportunities and we did such great things i mean they didn't have like a big women's division but i don't even care because i got to i just got to work wrestle and get involved in the guys and we did wrestle i wrestled any woman that did come in there and you know, there was even so many. I was supposed to wrestle China, but then she backed out and didn't wind up sliding. But, you know, they had me, they brought me around the world with them and promoting us. And it, it was awesome. So it was very hard to make that decision to leave. But it's like, but that's WWE too. You were all there and you all want to go there. So it was hard not to take that opportunity. But so it was very sure. bittersweet. Yeah, very bittersweet. I remember. Uh- you, Kid Cash, and Amazing Red, you guys had a match. You were wrestling some of the guys, too. Oh, my God. That's what I said. They gave me so many opportunities because, they, you know, they promoted me like what I did. I was a stunt woman, and, you know, I wanted to wrestle. I wanted to wrestle the guys. I wanted to be involved. I didn't want to just be a valet. And it was really so true to, you know, my character, who like who I was. Like, I really did want to go there and wrestle. You know, I, didn't, I was, like, always hoping, like, please don't make me do, like, the bimbo girl stuff not that i you know nothing wrong with that but i'm like i'm not good at that i wrestle i want to wrestle and they really pushed me that way and and it was you know they promoted the, the, she's like she's a stunt woman and and i'm like let me wrestle the guys and i don't care i want to jump off the kid i want to jump off the ropes i want to go into the audience i want to hit go through tables i'll do it all i don't care and they they kind of let me do it all i remember showing up at that one pay-per-view, I wasn't even supposed to be on it because I was doing a stunt job and they had uh, that uh, pay-per-view with the cage. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to miss this. I have off this weekend. I flew myself into the show and Dusty Rose was like, do you want to jump off the cage? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and they put me on the show and it winded up being that, cra- which is so funny because I wore the wrong shoes and it was so hard to climb the cage. And I didn't know until I was literally climbing the cage. I'm like, Oh my God, my feet don't fit in the holes. I can't get up to the top. I thought this is going to be bad, but we worked. I did it. 
I did it. I got up there. I'm like, I'll climb up there with just my hands if I have to. Were you scared at all? Because that was a pretty scary spot if you think about it. I mean, it's always nerve wracking, but I think like it's something comes over you in your wrestling. You just started. You just started to think of the the you know what you're doing. Like it's like oh, I'm fighting Tracy and she's just bothering me and I have to get rid of her and I have to like make my guy win and I have to you know ruin the you know get those guys off him and you really just. You're so into it, and you're. But I literally, when I was climbing it, I was more scared that, oh my god, I'm like my feet don't fit in. I had these clunky shoes on, and I'm like they wouldn't fit in the holes of the cage. I'm like, am I not going to be able to get to the top of this and to jump off and do that big thing? But I made it up there. But and yes, it was nerve wracking. But I, I almost feel like I got. It was more. I was so nervous climbing that by the time I got up there, I'm like, thank God I'm up here, and I'm like stand up, and now I do my thing, and my back's up to my thing. I feel like. I was bored to fly, so <laughs> that part's not scary. Yeah, and it's amazing the trust we have for people because I'm like, yeah, I just trust all of them. Yeah, they're going to catch you, right? Who knows? <laughs> you hope they catch you. Yeah, yeah. Hope. Like I said, you're in like you're right. just so you're there. Like it, the world disappears. All that does disappear. Well, that moon salt though, like <sighs> it was incredible. Oh. I know, like when I look at that video, I do. I want to do it. I want to go right back in the ring. And I think I, I was flipping through the channels the other, or not even the channels. I think Facebook. Facebook's always like showing. I, I think I'm or Instagram. I'm friends with some wrestling page that always shows clips of really good women wrestling. And I get, I get like, Ugh. and some woman did like all my moves in one shot. I'm like, she did well. It was I have to say I got that from Rey Mysterio, the six one nine. I called it the five one six. But I loved his work, so I, I emulated him a lot. And also the other guys I trained, which were all the lucha and high flying stuff. So any move, like I, I'm like, oh, that's awesome! I can do that. So I, I did that swing between the ropes where you kick the person where they're hanging over, and I just saw another girl do that, and she did like a muta. I'm like, ah, I want to go back and do it. I could be fighting her because, like, literally when I was there, there wasn't a lot of people that did any of that stuff. And it was funny because it was like Lita was before, like doing it. And I'm like, yeah, I can do that. I'm a stunt woman. And I went there. But then, you know, she wasn't there anymore. And I'm like, ah, oh, I don't get to like, that would be someone I would want to have a match with. But I, <laughs> I want to see that. I know. And I didn't get to really wrestle those like women that were doing the stuff that I was doing. And now I'm out. And now I feel like a lot of the, the women are doing this stuff. I'm like, yeah, figures. We're always like, <laughs> What do you think about the woman's revolution, as they call it, with wrestling? I mean, were you a little surprised by it? Because there's so many women wrestlers out there. And like you said, there's so many good ones, too, now. Unfortunately, I don't watch it enough to really know. Like I said, I just, like, click through it, and I'll see some moves, you know. And um, I don't pay enough attention. I don't really know who, like, my run after I left and I was, like, paying attention, it was there for a while. And it seemed like everyone left and they just like cleared the lockers and started over with new people. And I kind of lost a little touch of what's going on. Cause like I said, when I'm not doing it, I'm, it's kind of hard for me to watch because I want to be there and I don't like to watch other, I'm not a watcher. I'm not like an onlooker. I'm a doer. So to watch other people doing what I should be and can be and want to be doing is I don't really watch. So I don't know what's going on with all the women, but yes, I do see some clips sometimes. I don't know like where they're from or, you know, is it independent shows or they aren't like you? So I don't know who's where and what's going on, but that's awesome that, you know, if they have, you know, there was a lot of times where, you know, women would wrestle, then they really wouldn't. And then they would try to get back into that and then they wouldn't. And it's always weird to see like where, like, I, I was always told like, no one really wants to see women wrestle. And I'm like, well, some people do real fans, but I'm like, but who cares? And we go and wrestle for a little while, you know, some of us do the, the, the good stuff. Some of you do the gimmicks. So there's like like geocaching. There's, there's something for everybody. You know, there's they like it all. So there's room for all of it. And and there could be, you know, the sexy ones, the 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 bimbo type things, the funny gimmicks. It could be serious girl wrestlers. And you know, I just do know that they did tell me like it's hard to you know, um, make it so like great if like a guy is like going through a table but then like if everybody's going through a table or women are all going through tables it's then it's not as 
you know, detrimental or seem so big. So I do understand that, but it is real. So even if I'm going through the table and they're going through the table, we're still going through tables. That's why, you know, but it's like how much you do because, you know, you have to have like the really big hard stuff that makes it look like, oh my God. So you can't have everybody doing it. And it's funny because I'm like, I want to do all that because I do it. I do it in stunt work. We do all that already. <laughs> right. But it's still crazy. Like don't one think that, it's not crazy, like going through tables or balconies, backflip or tarricators. It's still very dangerous and very crazy and very abusing to the body. So not even if it's girls or a lot of people do it, it's still very hard. And I respect everybody that does it. Does the stunt work help you like with wrestling or did it help you? I mean, did that kind of give you an edge almost that you're oh, able to do that stuff? Yes, absolutely. Having that stunt background made me come right into wrestling. I'm like, I, I do all the high flying stuff. I'm like, I'll, I want to jump off of everything. I want And when I would see the moves, I'm like, oh, I want to try that. And it's funny because I actually, my first taste of wrestling was on a video game where a stunt coordinator was coordinating the video game. And there was, believe it or not, Kid Cash and Johnny Swinger were on the first wrestlers I ever met. And then I winded up balleting with both yeah. of them, which is awesome because like, they didn't even remember me. I remember them because they were working on the video game. But um, I got in the ring with the stunt coordinator, and he was, like, showing me these moves. And I'm like, wow, look at that. I, I just got to tell me how to kind of do it. And then when I, when it came full circle and I was wrestling, the people I was training with, they would, like, show me some of those, the high fly, the hard karatas and stuff. I'm like, I just, you know, need to know the placement. And, and I could do it all right away because of stunt work. And then after wrestling a while, I even became better at stunt work. They both complement each other so well. And I'm like, I, you know, they both benefited me in both. You know, I was more confident right away as a wrestler because of stunt work. You know, I was doing stunt work for already, I think, 10 years before I got into wrestling. You know, what, people think that I was a wrestler, a stunt person. It was stunts for a very long time. And wrestling kind of, I was actually handed a script to um, coordinate, stunt coordinate a, a movie about backyard wrestling. It was called Jimmy the Dre. I still have the script. And it's funny that I saw this kid in Lindenhurst that was having a lawsuit with his wrestling ring in his backyard. I don't know if you remember that. And, uh, yep. it, you know, that's when, like, wrestling rings weren't allowed in backyards anymore and the insurance is right up. And I went to go buy his ring. I'm like, you know, can I buy your ring off you? And he's like, I'm fighting the lawsuit. But he told me about uh, the ECW training school in, like, Oakdale, right, in, in Long Island. And mikey whipwreck and these guys trained at and i went there and i'm like i i might be doing this movie i might need some wrestlers i want to like train but i actually wrestled in high school so i really? trained wow. women weren't wrestling but i knew all the wrestlers and the coaches and i would go in and train with them and i would do the whole workout and like to learn the move so i knew wrestling you know so even when i got into it and you know it's real like you're a wrestler you're just not really putting on the moves you know and so I kind of knew all the chain wrestling parts and, you know, and then stunt work with high flying. I was, I was like meant to do it. It was like <laughs> such a perfect transition. I don't know if a lot of women are as tough as you though. I mean, you're wrestling, you're doing stunt, you're doing pro wrestling. It's pretty oh, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, okay, when I lose, it's not real. When I win, it's real. <laughs> right. <laughs> the ring, I will beat any woman, anywhere, anytime outside the ring for real. I'm already calling you out, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Do you take pride, though, that you're kind of a pioneer, so to speak, for women's wrestling? Because, you know, you were kind of doing it when, a lot, like you said, a lot of women weren't doing that style. That's very I, I don't know if I can say that because I know that there was so many women before me. You know, that's awesome for somebody to say that to me, which, I, you know, I never looked at myself like that because, you know, I knew that the older women that, like, you know, came before me and paved that road. And, you know, and then, yes, you know, Lita was already doing that. and But there was, I think she was the only one. So, but, but Jazz, there was a lot of really good wrestlers. Trisha, they were all good. You know, when they're doing stuff in the ring, whether it was like high fly, you're still wrestling and that is hardcore. So I thought all those women were awesome. Oh, Victoria, I like, love her. I wish that we're friends. We saw, well, I shouldn't say friends, just in case she's like, no, we're not. <laughs> but I met her at several, I met her at several uh, events and, I, you know, we always talk. I love her. So whether she considers me a friend, I think she's awesome. And I always thought, like when I was getting into TNA, she was, um, I, she was in WWE. And it was funny because we like, 
always looked very similar. I want to see your outfits. And I'm like, and our wrestling styles were, you know, I always felt like her, like the, I, I, would, I don't want to say she's not the pretty girl because she's she's gorgeous. But I felt like we weren't the blondes. We weren't like the hotties, the models. We were like, I thought she was always a serious wrestler. And that's how I felt. I didn't feel like when I was coming in, I didn't feel like it was easy. Like, oh, I'm this, you know, hottie babe coming in. I like, I felt like I got to wrestle because that's where how I'm getting it. You know, I'm not getting it by my looks or any of that stuff, you know, or my, per hopefully I have a little bit of personality, enough looks, but I have athleticism that will help me, you know, break into this business. And, you know, I really tried to, you know, work that, but I'm like, but there are those women in there. So I had hope. I'm like, okay, there's Victoria. And I always was like, I'm like her. She's there. I could do it. And and like I said, too, Lita. So when I got in, you know, so I don't know if I'm really paved the way. But, yes, now there, you know, when I was with TNA, there was no women. There was no women's division. And, I, you know, they had me wrestling the guys, any woman that came in there, just trying to do any gimmick. To, and the company was awesome. And we did great gimmicks, even without a women's division. Like, I loved all of my gimmicks with Desire with Kid Cash, with like even what even valeting, we had such great gimmicks. You know, I never felt like just a sidekick. I always felt like part of it, and I, you know, I felt like important and imperative too. So I, I loved it. So maybe, you know, it did pave it. Like I know I was one of the original New York knockouts for TNA. Now you know, there's like they're all the knockouts, and then you know the divas. And but see, like with WWE, I wasn't there from the beginning, so like I can't feel like I paved the way there because. You know, well, I, mean, I was only people want to say yeah. paved the way. I, I would still put you in the category as have laid laid down some of the foundation, for Thank sure. You. Yes, I there, hope there's so. There's a major revolution that came in after after you left. Like there, you know, Sasha, Sasha Banks Road to WrestleMania, uh, Beth Phoenix, and like there, there there's been a lot that has happened. Well, Beth like, Phoenix, believe it or not, was there. would have gotten that opportunity if you hadn't done, you know, played the Maybe. role that you played. Yeah, I got to wrestle her in the Indies, which was awesome. She was probably one of one of my first uh, wrestling matches, like oh, on wow. a, an independent show. Yeah, I get, which is great because I got to meet a lot of them, and then I got, you know, so you know, it all comes out like who's getting there, and then eventually some come and some come and go. Like a lot of those people, like when I did the the women's pay per view, the last uh, match I did was the all women's pay per view at TNA. Um, there were so many girls that I knew from the indies that it was like, well, you know, they had to like, they just brought in like tons of girls, but they just came in for that. And I'm like, wow, you know, so I do, I feel awesome because like I did make it through all those indies and I, you know, I made it to TNA and then I made it to WWE. So I was doing something right, which was awesome. So, and then, you know, you're right. Like people came out. So, all yeah. right. All right, I'll take it. I'll, I'll take a little bit. I never take compliments. <laughs> I'll try to take We know this. You got to take those compliments. Oh, I loved it. I just know when I was there, I I loved what I was doing. I loved, uh, you know, I took such pride in everything I did. Like, it was, like, such a, a dream. And, like, it wasn't – it was crazy because it wasn't something I was, like, aspiring to doing my whole life but it kind of a little bit because like i loved wrestling but and then i was like heard about stunt work through friends of the family and it was like okay so it was kind of both of them at the same time but stunt work came first and i really didn't know anything about wrestling and you know i didn't even think it was even an option to get there <laughs> until then i said you know when i got to stunt work and i was doing all that that i'm like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna get into wrestling and you know when I had that script handed to me, I'm like, oh, this is this is the line. This is how I get there. So I do. I made it happen. I make things happen, and I'm I'm proud of that, and I'm excited. And like I said, I take such pride in everything that I did. I loved the company I worked for, the people I worked with. You know, there was always ups and down, everything. But I loved my experience. And you mentioned you said you saw some girls. They were kind of copied some of your moves. So obviously. You know, somebody's been watching you for years. You know what I mean? Or learning from you for years. Hope so. Hope so. But there was a lot of like guys that I watched and learned a lot of that from too. So you know, the, obviously, they are the men are doing it so much longer, and they're amazing and doing. You know, they're definitely. I you know, I don't know if the women are laying down like the stuff first, only because the men have been there so much longer. But what's amazing is if you're able to do the things. I know. I don't know if any women has done this so far, but that one 
which Kid Cash, I give him all the credit. He let me do so many big moves with him and put me over. Like when I'm, a guy lets a woman wrestle them and lets them do big moves and puts them over and like, and sells for them and, you know, actually gives you credit. It's, it's a very awesome thing. That was like one of my best matches, I would think, to date, only because the things that we did in that match. And that was like my my moving forward. Like, you know, when I was there, you know, the women, the men don't always respect the women right away. Cause there are a lot of women that just come in and want to get in and do their thing and not be serious about it. That does happen. After that match, when I walked back through the locker room, all the men were lined up and shook my hand. And that was like the best feeling. It was like, wow. I, yeah, that I, I, t till this day, that's like my best memory, best match, best moment. And, um, yeah. So like I said, they, you know, to do those moves with them. And the one move I don't think any woman has ever done was that top rope uh, hurricanrana. It was like a power bomb into a hurricanrana off of the top ropes. I don't know if any woman's done that. that. When I did that, there was no woman that has done that before me. So, and there was only like one other guy that did that, I think. <laughs> there wasn't many guys that did that either. So that was a pretty exciting to do those moves and, and to let, you know, somebody who trusts you to do those moves with you. Were you all... surprised that Cash was like so giving and, and wanted to, you know, really make you look good? I was. I was <laughs> I was very surprised he was. And, you know, I don't really know. Maybe they paid him a lot to do <laughs> you know, I don't know what his motivation was. But we were we were very tight. We were we were, you know, I think that we had a good uh rapport to do that. And we actually had, you know, I, I think he had no choice too because we really had a whole uh, storyline like we they really promote us so we were like you know became like the super team and the marvels and then you know we were like super baby faces and beating everybody and i was getting involved and then it was like people were getting mad i i really love the tna storylines i love them they then we, they were getting mad that i was like getting involved they're like you're only winning because of her and then it was getting him mad and and I believe that was really happening in real, life, real life too. And it was happening on the show. And you know the interviews. I mean, they just had such great storylines. Like to this day, when I think of that whole entire storyline, that it was almost like for real. And how they just worked it through, and which a lot of I think a lot of wrestling does become real. You know, you see with WWE storylines, a lot of those um, for become sure. real. <laughs> So it was so good because it was a lot of it was so true to heart and became real. And, and then we turned, you know, heel and then he went against me. And, then, you know, so it was all so awesome, which, which culminated into the match. And and that was like literally best, you know, how he was like, yeah, you want to wrestle? I'm like, I'm here. I want to wrestle you. And what's funny is when he slapped me in the face, I think he almost broke my jaw. I don't know, like if you see, he slapped me so hard that I think my jaw got like dislocated for a little while. And I'm walking around the ring like, oh my God, he dislocated my jaw. I have to have this like biggest match of my life and my jaw is dislocated. I'm like, and if you see me, I'm walking around the ring like trying to like maneuver my jaw back in place. <laughs> Were you pissed or you just rolling with the punches? No, I just rolled the punch because I'm like, I I loved the the realness of it. Like what like when he was like when I said you know, he called me a, a a name and and I like called him and he slapped me and it was like so real. And then it was like, um, my jaw's broken. And then I slapped him back and then we had the match. Like, I mean, but no, I wasn't pissed, but I was like, man, that was the hardest open palm slap ever. And I take pride in slaps and taking a good slap. But that was more like a, a palm punch. But no, it was awesome. I was just nervous that I'm like, is this gonna affect my match? That was the only thing. I, again, you don't think of like if you saw that other match where my shirt fell off, which never was supposed to happen. We were having another big match. That's where we did that biggest move that I'm talking about. And in the beginning of the match, my top was on. That, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, oh my god, I have to have this biggest match of my life, and my stupid top was on. And I swear that I tested that thing and each one, and they would never come undone. And he's kicking it, and it snaps, and I didn't even know. It. I'm like, oh my god, the things that happened. So the wrestling it's business, crazy. Great and funny, and the story is like you forever. It's awesome. <laughs> Did you have a good relationship with Vince Russo, who was the writer then? Yes, he was awesome. He was so good to me. He was so great to work with. He was so awesome to me. So helpful, you know. So great to like. I I was so 
you know, that's why I think it's hard for me to ever think that I ever, you know, um, was like paving anything or establishing anything because I was so new. I was so new to this whole thing. I'm like, I, I, I wasn't in, re and you know, people were kind of little me because, you know, it's like if you didn't pay your dues and sleep in your car for 10 years before you got on TV, no one cared about you. No one thought you deserved to be there. And I'm like, and I, you know, so I understand that. And I, like I did, I got ahead of a, like, uh, you know, I, I went on those independents and I saw all those people trying to make it and to get there, I'm like, wow, you know, so a lot of people were very resentful. Like when I had to wrestle some of those girls that like came up that were there before me that came up after, it wasn't always a good match. <laughs> they didn't always like it. And, and then when you had to go on an independent, even through TNA, they didn't always want to, it wasn't always a nice match then too either. They're like, oh, you, yeah. <laughs> they don't want to well, make you look good sometimes. No, and they didn't re like have respect for you. They didn't think that, you know, you can wrestle. You paid you. That's why I was like, bring it. I, you know, which I'm glad that I had that stonework background because a lot of them wanted to, you know, which they do to the guys too. They haze them a lot and they do, you know, what do they call it? Stiffen them and, you know, do it in real work. Like, um, Alexis Arie didn't really like me. You know, she was there way before me in the wrestling business and uh, Mickey James. And I got to TNA before and she did not like me. And when we were fighting, we had that one big match. She, we, she was really, we were, we were really fighting, literally really fighting, which didn't come across as a good match. And even the guys will say that match was sucked because we were like, she was literally fighting, like beating me up. And I'm like, you're, you know, I get to do it back to you. So I don't care what you're doing to me. Right. Like, yeah. she's hitting me. She's really hitting me. I'm like, okay, you get 10 and then I get 10. So I'm like, <laughs> you know, and, and I guess they didn't realize, like, I didn't care. I liked it, Steph. I liked it real. I'm, you know, I, I, and you know what's funny? I couldn't really do that to them, though, because, like, I feel like I would hurt people. <laughs> right. But when they did it to me, I'm like, I could take it because, and then I feel like I could really react to this because I, I didn't think I was the greatest of actors or actresses. So I'm like, I rather you really hit me than I really know how to react to it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Makes I mean, it easier for you. Work, yeah, but we didn't do that in Stonework. So, yes, I had to be that actress. But I, I think in wrestling, I just liked it. I liked it a little better and it was a little more stiff. Any sort of relationship with Mickey today or no? No, no uh, unfortunately, no. I had never ever had. I never had anything against anybody, you know. Even the people that didn't treat me good through all anything in my career, I still didn't care because I, I was so so focused on what I was doing, and it was such a a crazy world to be in. It was already like a, a mind mess to be there. So when anybody didn't like had problems, it was like I don't even have time to like worry about. It. I had so many other things to worry about, you know. So. And I don't hold anything against him because it was a really, it's a crazy business industry to be in. So I feel bad for, I do feel bad for everyone and anyone in it. It's awesome, but there's like a lot more going on. A lot. A lot more politics, right? Than people oh, realize. Yeah. Nothing like, like at least the, the, the stunt industries. I, I think the stunt industry was like way more professional, like as far as professionalism like wrestling probably more because it was uh not many you know more of a monopoly you know there's only two companies on tv and everyone in the world is trying to get to the tv and you know people would do anything to get that. i don't even know what people would do but you know people would work for nothing like you know on the indies they treated you know you got treated badly on the indies people working and never getting paid and you know, I was already doing stunt work for a long time, and I, I and it's funny because I had very mixed um, uh, people had very mixed feelings about me in their wrestling because you know I was already I was already older I was already you know I got into very late and I was already in stunt work for a majority of my life so like I came in and I'm thinking it's a business like you know yes I will throw my body all over this ring and do everything but you know it's like I I you know you get paid to do that, you know, and we were already not getting paid a lot as it was like hardly anything, especially a woman. They didn't even really care about women. So like, I think all my first round of shows were for free because it's like, nobody knew me. So I'm like, I just came and valeted for nothing. And, you know, and I still did the big, you know, any big move. I didn't care. Cause I wanted to, you know, you want to be, I wanted to get noticed. I wanted to like fast track. I think that was my thing. So I want, I didn't want to get, to the top like right away because i was already older i was already in the business i'm like i know what it is and i know i i see and 
my brain was already like promoting. I already had gimmicks and pictures. And when I would go to shows and I, I was like, great. I was like, this is what WWE wants, I think. And like, this is what I'm putting together a package, you know, a product, you know? So my brain was already working like that, but I really did just want to wrestle. You know, so I didn't even care about it. But I'm like, but you have to think business mind, otherwise you would get taken advantage of. But I did really want to wrestle. Same thing with stunt work. When I got in stunt work, I probably worked and got screwed out of a lot of money because I love what I do. I just love the job and the physicality and the and the work. Like, you know, I never did any of these things to be famous. I really truly loved the wrestling and the stunt work and the fun. What did you think about your time in WWE? Did you have a good experience or not so much? Well, it, it was kind of bittersweet too because they didn't really let me do a lot. So it was like leaving TNA where I got to do everything and going there and you're so excited to be there. Like you're like, oh my God, I'm getting this shot here again. And, and, and you know, in my mind, it's like always a, a mind F to me because I'm like, did I do it? I'm like, I don't know like what I was supposed to do there. Like, should I have pushed more? Should I have, you know, it was such a hard thing to be in because no one tells you anything. You get there and you're like, yeah. and they hazed me in the beginning. I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking I'm this, I'm an adult and I'm a woman. I get hired by this company. I come in with my bags into the locker room and the girls throw my shit out into another locker room. Like what? Really? Oh. I'm like, I'm, I work here. I, I'm hired. I'm like, I'm not just like showing up. And I'm like, and they weren't super nice. And I, they were like less professional than TNA at first. And I'm like, wow, you would think there you wouldn't have to be that way. I mean, I guess there was nobody at TNA to really do that to me because I was like the number one Young girl. girl yeah. Treat me like that. And there wasn't enough people in the locker. But you would think WWE, everybody's like established and secure and, and, I feel like even the top star probably are never really secure in their head because it's such, it is, it's really, it sucks that you walk around feeling like that. You know, like I never really felt that way in stunt work, even though we have a lot of competition and you have, you know, so many people bidding for the same job, but it's like WWE, I always, I never felt like I knew what, you know, when I got to WWE, where I belonged and what I was doing. And I, I was like, trying every different way. I'm like, I don't want to like ruffle any feathers. I don't want to separate anyone's toes. I don't know. Like who, I don't want to piss off anybody because you would hear stories of like women that pissed off the guys and they would get fired or moved to another show. You heard so much rumors and then you're just like trying to total on. It, it was, it, it, it kind of was very bittersweet because that sucked because it's like my mind works too much and I wasn't someone popping pills and not giving a shit and walking around, like not caring about the world. And I'm like, maybe I should have because like my mind cared too much and I like, I wanted to have a great you know, showing there. I wanted to like wrestle and I wanted to do great. And, and the, you know, so it was a little bittersweet because as one, I was so excited to be there. Uh, Vince McMahon was really good to me. And I mean, not that great because he didn't give me a big spot, <laughs> Right. you know, and, and most of the people were nice, but like they weren't, you know, I don't know, maybe I should have went and around and asked more of like, like, what am I supposed to be doing? What's the purpose? I don't know. I just felt like they threw you in. You were supposed to know what to do. And, and, you know, you didn't want to bother anyone. It looked like the band play. So you, oh, I, I just never felt like it was nothing like TNA. <laughs> but, again, so excited to be that. Oh, my God. When I got to do uh, WrestleMania 23, where we did the whole Lumberjill match, and uh, it was at uh, Ford Field in Detroit. Oh, my God. That was I, – I still pinch myself to this day because walking – first of all, just showing up to the venue. And, like, I went out and just sat. Like, I went up and – sat somewhere and I'm like, oh my God, you're you're at a WrestleMania. And this arena is here. I get the chills just talking about it right now. It's so crazy. And I'm like, and you know, just it's so surreal and like so joyous to be like, wow, you're you you you're here. You know, you you maybe not have a match in it, but you you're here. You're at a WrestleMania. You work for WWE. You you like you're here. You made it. And like I came out, I was the first one to come out of the curtain. They announce your name, and you're around the ring, and there was over eighty thousand people there. Um, so you know, I guess you know, no matter how bittersweet or what you didn't get or didn't get, like, oh my God, I I got a taste of that world. I was in WWE, I got, and I, I got a little bit of everything, and those those uh, memories will stay with me for a lifetime, and are awesome. 
Yeah, that's some awesome stuff. But let's yeah, come out of the curtain when they when you have to come out of the curtain for a WrestleMania and eighty thousand over eighty thousand people are cheering. You don't even understand the the shock and the the electricity that goes through you. It is insane. It, more insane than any stunt job I think I ever did. I I, don't, I mean I don't know. I've been on fire, so that was pretty awesome. But oh my god. It is insane. And like you walk down that, like the ramp and it, I, you can, I don't think anyone can ever, I think it's because like, I feel like I'm always feel like this person that really wasn't supposed to be there, but was there. So it's like, I'm on this side with all like people that'll never be there or never were there. Like, Oh my God. But then I'm, I am that person that was there too. And I could, I could like feel it like for both. And like I guess I'm not like Gina. Like those people that do it all the time, they're probably like it's no big deal. They walk down. I don't know. I wonder how they feel. Like I wonder how John Cena feels every time he walks down. Or Undertaker. Like, do they feel like I felt? Do they feel like that the first time? Do they still feel like that now? But you just like I the feeling you felt. It's like undescribable, and it's unbelievable, and it was amazing. And then after the match. I think I went back into the audience and sat somewhere and, and then oh, I wow. went to the top of like the boxes and I'm like, it's it just, I, I think that I even got a little teary eyed. I swear to God. I might, I might say that I did. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, the energy there is great to be 80,000 people. It's nuts. Over 80,000 people. It was like, I think it was 82 something and they said it was bigger than Super Bowl that year. And yeah, in, insane. Crazy. Just the whole like, you know, like I work on movie sets, so I'm in big production setups. But again, this is like a big, you go there, it's like a huge production, the trucks setting up like, and you know, we're there from the beginning when they're setting up everything. So like, again, like, I don't know if everybody had that feeling like where I like walked around, I appreciate everything. Like from the setting up the chairs to like sitting and watching them set the ring up and, you know, and then just watching it all happen. And then, and then being a part of it in the backstage, and then oh my god, crazy! Definitely awesome moment uh, for sure. Yeah. But as we head towards the wind down, we head towards the finish. Tony, one last yeah. time. We should be talking about that. Yeah. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. I love talking about your career. That's great. But Tony, <laughs> one last time, tell us where we can get the NFTs and all the information about video chats and everything else. Yes. All right. All right. So um, if you go to our website, okboomertoken.com and click on NFTs or just navigate to okboomertoken.com slash NFTs there, um, that'll take you to our calendar, which shows all of the endorsed deals that have already been inked. So you can see the ones that are for sure coming out with their release dates. Um, If you click Peter Miller at Trinity, it'll take you directly to their OpenSea links and you can bid live directly right from there um, those are the two that are released now um while on OpenSea, if you click on our profile you'll also be able to see the boomer boy collection for the silver bronze and gold copies of the logo character and once the um nfts are purchased there will be a special thing that only the owner can view so when you when you open it up in your wallet and go to OpenSea, you'll there's an unlockables button Nobody can see that publicly, but once if, if you're the person who wins the auction and you have the NFT, you will open that up and it'll have a special unlock code and a website address there for you. You uh, just follow the prompt right there and they'll get your contact information. And so that way we can get all of the arrangements set up for either um, talking to Trinity or um, going on a fishing trip with Peter Miller. Oh, that's See, I gotta get you gotta get in on this. I'm so excited for you people nice. that are bidding and going go. I won't even buy all the okay boomer tokens. Get in on this on the ground floor, or I don't know if it's at the ground floor, but get in on it now. I mean, when we launched, our price was point zero 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 one, and our price now is point zero 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 five. So um, we were actually 50x. So if you would have put one dollar in, you would now have fifty dollars. If you would put a thousand dollars in, you would now have fifty thousand dollars. We are we are 50x from the day that we launched. Um, and the the most exciting thing about this NFT initiative from the side of uh, from my side, being you know the, the coding developer, is that there's a, a portion of the the sales of these NFTs are going to go to back the liquidity of the token. 
So not only are these NFTs really cool, very unique and offering a once in a lifetime experience, but just the fact that they are existing is going to end up impacting the bottom line of all of the OK Boomer holders. So that's pretty exciting as well. It is. I'm so excited to be a part of this. I'm so excited, Tony. So, and I can't wait till Ben. Thank you guys for bringing me in and partnering with me. I'm so excited. I can't wait to like really, really learn more about this because I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm in for good and all the way, and and I'm definitely so. Excited. I really like your NFT. It looks like an oil. It came out so well. I do. I love it too. I like. I said. I almost want to go and bid for it. <laughs> But I feel like that's wrong. I can't take it away from someone else. I'm so excited that whoever's going to win this, I'm so excited because I got, I love it. I want it. So the fact that someone's going to win this is so awesome. I'm, I'm so excited that there's one out there of me and that you guys get to bid for it and that um, it's, I love it. It's awesome. Now, Trinity, where can everybody find you social media wise and all your plugs? Oh, I'm actually Trinity all over the place. So, you know. Uh, yeah, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. I'm, you know, sometimes in the summer, I'm definitely not uh, so good at social media because I'm out playing. But, but I'm actually Trinity everywhere. You can find me. You can uh, reach out, and hopefully, something with this NFT comes awesome, and maybe there'll be more things going on, and and we'll let you know. All right, I'm awesome. So sure. I'm really hoping this is the beginning of the NFT space, uh, especially for OK Boomer. But uh, maybe there could be some more more work in the in the future between us as well. Yes. Um, not to let too much out of the bag for the OK Boomer project, <laughs> but there's also a couple of things that I've been working on uh, uh, with the development team, um, such as a decentralized application, so that way you can connect your wallet to our website, and we'll be able to offer some really cool things that you won't be able to get from anyone else besides OK Boomer. So hopefully that'll be rolling out in the next couple of months as well. Great cool. stuff. Cool. Thank you, Tony. And thank you, Trinity. Uh, really thank appreciate you. all the time tonight, guys. Thank you. For sure. Thanks for having us on. All right, get, guys, get to bidding. Get to the site. OK Boomer, go get it. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash TMPT Empire to become a patron. And also check out the website TMPTEmpire.com and buy a shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com. Two Man Power Trip, where the power lies brother.